and welcome to the Royal College of Speech and Language Therapists news podcast for December 2022 and it's also our last podcast of the year. I'm Vicky Harris and I'm here with Derek Munn, our CSLT's Director of Policy and Public Affairs, for our monthly catch-up. Good morning Derek. Hello. Um, Derek, it's the end of the year, our last podcast. What do you feel are the big achievements for the speech and language therapy profession this year? That, that's an inter- interesting question, Vicky, and I think that there's a sense in which, given the challenges uh, around the cost of living and inflation and the number of people waiting for speech and language therapy and the pressure on services and the demand and all of those things that we know about, the fact that speech and language therapy is a profession has kept the show on the road, delivering high-quality evidence-based service is in itself the biggest single achievement. And we at the Royal College don't underestimate ever what speech and language therapists on the ground are doing every day, in every intervention, in every planning session, in every budgeting session. And that is the, the biggest achievement of the profession this year. There are other things too. We're pleased, of course, about the quite dramatic increase in the student pipeline in England, at least 15%, meaning that the the future size of the profession is looking good. If I think about what the Royal College members and staff have achieved, against that backdrop of knowing how tough things continue to be out there, legislation-wise, we managed to amend the Health and Care Act to get the reference to children, young people and babies in. In Scotland, we got inclusive communication written into the Good Food Scotland Act. And in the Northern Ireland election, we had wording and promises in the political party manifestos of the Ulster Unionist Party and the Alliance Party. Those are all good things. Sitting below those, we have All of the work we do around what's called secondary legislation, government guidance, and also nice guidance. And we do do quite well at getting wording around speech, language, communication, and swallowing into those things. This year, guidance on the Domestic Abuse Act, uh, on coercive and controlling behaviour, wording in the nice guidelines around social educational and social emotional, sorry, and mental health, and in the guideline around children and young people with severe complex needs. The, the new NHS England mental health guides have us in, a range of things in justice, the, the Scottish older people strategy, the, the Welsh language strategy, which includes speech, language and communication. So getting wording into all of these guidelines and regulations is necessary, but of course it's not sufficient. You've got to be able to follow through from that to make a difference, and that throws us back on the challenges of local budgets and local decision-making. Uh, we were also very pleased around the coalition building we've been able to do with service user charity partners and others. That On the different letters we've sent to ministers and things we put into Parliament, we've consistently now had well over 100 organisations signing up to, to positions that we're putting forward. I was also reflecting, Vicky, on the work of our professional development colleagues, including yourself, which also has big external impacts. And 
An example would be the the huge research program with NIHR on speech and language, which has gone out this year. The positioning we have in various aspects of long COVID research and guidance. Um, support from all four Chief Allied Health Professions Officers for our outcomes work and recognition of our resources on health inequalities. So there's a lot that we can be proud of, a lot that we've achieved, but never forgetting the challenging backdrop. So yes, that's really interesting. Thank you, Derek. I wonder also, what's happening now around the UK that will be of interest to listeners? Things that are live right now, uh, 10 days out from Christmas as we record, Uh, The first thing I would mention, UK-wide interest, is the HCPC fee consultation. We are just putting in our response. It is a big resounding negative to the proposed 20% increase in HCPC fees. But we're also saying why in terms of things. And we have a good relationship with HCPC and said, look, things we've talked about a lot, about the volume of fitness to practice cases, the appropriateness of them, the time that they take, the way that the HCPC is and isn't geared up. And yes, there are big structural challenges that HCPC faces. The cost of those should not be loaded onto registrants. Uh, At UK level, I mentioned, I think, last time that there was chat around Westminster that the schools bill might be withdrawn. That has now happened. Uh, So they're saying that some non-legislative bits may go forward and certainly we'll continue to push around specialist workforce. The BBC had a day when children's early language was one of its news stories, which we've been working on for a long time. And Kameny was all over the um, the airwaves, as uh, the cliche goes, on that day, gave a big push around awareness of children's early language. Regular listeners will know about the mental health legislation currently in committee. Lord Bradley and other parliamentary supporters of ours have put forward all of our key points around speech-language communication and swallowing in the committee sessions in Parliament, looking at the the draft mental health legislation. If I look to Scotland, we are pleased about something that we didn't ask for. Let me explain. Regular listeners will have heard me talk about the achievement we've had in getting inclusive communication written into relevant Scottish legislation on social security, on, on food standards, on, on consumer rights. What we've said to the Scottish Government is we're going to keep coming back because we want inclusive communication to be an overarching part of the way in which Scottish public services are delivered. The National Care Service Bill in Scotland, which is big, includes our wording on inclusive communication and we didn't specifically press for it. So I'm delighted that the Scottish Government appears now to have accepted our long-term case that wherever relevant, inclusive communication should be part of legislation. In Wales, we made a presentation to a committee of the Senate around youth offending teams, very powerful evidence from Pippa, our head of office and others. And we're hopeful off the back of that that our case for speech and language therapy provision in every youth offending team in Wales will land well. Northern Ireland is still in the government, of course, but we have been very successful with the mental health strategy and now the workforce plans coming out of that, recognising the need for SLT in mental health, both in children and adults. Wonderful. Thank you. It's good to hear of those some of those wins there. 
Okay. Um, so looking ahead to next year, what are the priorities for our members and for those with speech, language and communication needs? I think that I don't need to tell members listening that workforce will continue to be big in the sense of there's going to be a, the, the long-awaited workforce plan for the NHS in England, issues of local funding and service configuration and the concomitant effects on morale are going to be at the forefront of everyone's minds, recruitment, the challenges we have around Band 6. So all of those things are going to continue to be, I'm sure, at the forefront of speech and language therapists' minds and therefore ours too. I would mention a couple of other things though for next year. Send reform in England is likely to be huge. It may be that given the current political challenges, we'll see again that the UK government decides not to go for legislation and to make reforms to send that can be done without changing the law, which will limit the scope. But again, we're promised the send reform firm proposals for early in 2023, and those are going to be big. Uh, we're also on the integrated care system side, going to continue work on children, but also on community rehab. I think the last thing, though, I'd say is, as we end the last podcast of the year, more and more and more, all of the work that I've talked about is co-produced with people with lived experience and with the organisations that, that work with and represent. And I'm looking forward in 2023 to a big meeting of National Services of Partners where we talk about co-production guidelines for the organisation and the profession. And continuing that journey to co-production is something which is going to be a priority in 2023. Thank you, Derek. And thank you for your insights throughout 2022. For our listeners to know that we will be back in mid-January and we look forward to joining you then. Thank you. Bye.